I'm Jan Robinson, Registrar and Chief Executive Officer at the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. In today's podcast, we're going to chat about the College's popular practice advisory service. And I'm joined by Dr. Kim Lambert, who is Associate Registrar Quality Practice at the College. Welcome, Kim. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Jan. I'm really happy to be here. And the Practice Advisory Service is one of the key aspects of the Quality Practice Program, and I look forward to discussing it with you. Great. Let's go ahead and get started then. So when I think about this topic, I I actually link it back to the primary work of the college, which uh, really is thinking about risk and understanding what the current risks are in practice, uh, being able to identify those that are emerging, and then thinking about ways that we can help mitigate those and and come up with solutions for them. And that that can be really broad. Uh, And we have uh, many different programs uh, that we support in that particular task, and one of them happens to be uh, quality practice and supporting quality practice in veterinary medicine, and probably more specifically really thinking about what's the safety and quality story uh, related to veterinary services. So what I'm wondering is, uh, Kim, is whether or not you can give our listeners, uh, beginning with a really broad introduction, uh, to the college's quality practice program. Sure. As you say, quality practice is really about uh, supporting veterinarians and supporting safe quality veterinary care. And the quality practice program includes three components, basically. There's the quality assurance program, quality improvement, and facility accreditation. And all of these things are uh, ways that veterinarians can uh, get resources. Uh, They're ways that veterinarians can assure the public that they are practicing safe quality veterinary medicine. So for example, uh, when we look at quality improvement, and that's where um, veterinarians are seeking ways to um, maintain their competency in practice. And veterinarians are highly competent and professional practitioners, and they recognize that ongoing learning is essential. And veterinarians are encouraged to reflect on their practice through their continuing professional development and uh, pursue opportunities for ongoing learning. So that's a big part of the quality practice program and what it's meant to support for veterinarians. So that commitment to uh, lifelong learning, you know, is really important for any professional, isn't it? Yes, lifelong learning is a key aspect of quality assurance in other professions as well. And what we see in veterinary medicine and, and really across the board, we've got lots of frequent change. It could be technology, could be treatment options, could be, well, given the last year or two, species that are viewed as companion animals or as food animals, uh, and the emergence of diseases that we previously haven't seen. Uh, in the province. So that, that's a broad spectrum and to stay ahead of that natural evolution a veterinarian really needs to use multiple strategies uh, to assist with that. So what I'm wondering about is, um, and maybe perhaps you can tell our listeners, is how does the practice advisory service in your opinion help serve this need? So the practice advisory service fits into the quality improvement area of the college and this area really is about a suite of tools and resources to assist veterinarians and offer learning opportunities to the profession. The way that practice advisory service tends to be used is that it provides veterinarians and members of the public with an idea of what veterinarians are expected to um, comply with in terms of standards and regulations. And it helps veterinarians to understand those obligations and responsibilities with respect to practicing veterinary medicine in the province. 
And a lot of the ways that um, for veterinarians to approach ongoing learning uh, are through CPD activities or continuing professional development activities. And the practice advisory service actually can be used as one of these activities. But we also have things like learning modules. So we have learning modules on informed client consent. We have medical record keeping and communication modules as well. And the practice advisory service helps to facilitate veterinarians access to these uh, learning opportunities as well. And the important thing about the service as well is that it is free and confidential. So anyone can use it and uh, anything that is discussed as confidential. So that kind of gives you an overview of what the, the practice advisory service is about at the college. You know, it's interesting when I think about uh, the practice advisory service prior to 2012, uh, it was really not as focused. Uh, it, was, it was there, but it wasn't as focused. Uh, individuals uh, weren't as aware of it. And we really didn't necessarily have a veterinarian he was assisting uh, with these calls and and now we do have that we have a veterinarian staff member dedicated to providing practice advice to veterinarians and as you mentioned a moment ago answering questions of the public uh, as well uh, related to standards and and uh, college activity another keen thing uh, that i think is is uh, really helpful is how we've also added in the trending and the and the um, uh, monitoring of the kinds of calls that come to us so that what we can do is assist counsel in understanding um, what's strategic you know uh, uh, about some of those calls and some of those questions that are out there so that we can really focus on public interest at the policy level. Can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the most common inquiries uh, and I know this shifts you know they're not the same all the time mm -hmm. but um, in the in the recent past uh, what some of the most common inquiries received by the college's practice advisor might be yeah sure uh, what we see that tends to come in is the vast majority of calls that uh, the practice advisor would receive are coming from veterinarians and clinic staff uh, but we do also have um, 12 percent that come from the public and various other various stakeholders so the types of calls that we do get from veterinarians and clinic staff tend to focus on prescribing and dispensing of drugs and the veterinarian client patient relationship. Also we get questions about medical records and information in medical records and also advertising. In terms of inquiries from the public, we again see prescribing and dispensing drugs as one of the top five. As well, we are asked questions about clinical practice and standards. And we also are asked about the complaints process and business and management practices. So it's really not a service though for medical information or a second opinion? That's correct. It's not. Um, there are times when we will have questions related to whether our practice advisor can give medical advice or a medical opinion and that's not the role of this service. Uh, and the college does not set clinical guidelines for veterinarians, so we tend to refer callers or, or people who are inquiring to other resources for those types of things. As well, it's not a service that provides legal advice or a legal opinion. And again, we will often um, direct callers to seek independent legal advice for those types of questions. And the other piece too is we'll sometimes get calls related to the conduct of a veterinarian that relates to complaints or disciplinary decisions of the college and those are things that the practice advisory service will not provide an opinion on. 
We do have a section on the college website about practice advice and there's a frequently asked question area and people can refer to that uh, to see if their answer to their question is already available on the website. That's been really informative, Kim. Thanks so much for joining me to discuss the college's practice advisory service. Thank you, Jan. It's been my pleasure. If you have a question for the college's practice advisory service, please call the college or email practiceadvice at cvo.org. I encourage you to contact the college or to visit the website at www.cvo.org on any matter of concern. Thanks for tuning in.